know the vibes. We are back for another week of the Hoop Genius podcast presented by NBA 2K22. Myself, Moitzi, alongside the three-time NBA champion and a whole lot more accolades. But that's Mr. BJ Armstrong in the building right now. How are you doing, sir? How was your weekend? Oh, Mo, what's good, baby? What's good? Another week. You Man. know, what a great episode. You know, shout out to, to our good friend, Jamal Crawford, for coming Man. on and joining us for episode number 50. And I can't believe it's been 50, Mo. How fun has this been? Rocking with our family every day. Thank you guys. Rocking here, talking a little hoop. So uh, here we go. Off another week. As yes, they say, sir. here's another one. Here's another yes, one. Yes, sir. The road to 100 begins. It'll be episode 100 before you know it. You guys let us know who you want to see to celebrate episode 100 because uh, Jamal is 50 ball mile. But unfortunately, there aren't any players we can get in to uh, talk about <laughs> dropping 100 in a game. You know, you saying? never know. You never know. Hey, you never, I thought KD, I thought KD was going to do. Oh man! Do it, you know? Oh man! That was that was crazy. KD balled out on Sunday night. We were live on Sky Sports covering the game. We seen KD. He had to work hard to beat the Knicks, though. I will say that. Yes, he did. And yes, then we did. saw. The referees defeat the bosses. I mean, uh, the Dallas Mavericks oh, defeat the bosses. Stop, stop it, Mo. Stop it. Stop it, Mo. You saw that. You saw that. I didn't. I, no, no, uh, yeah, I didn't yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see yeah, it. I yeah. didn't see but it. We're not getting into that. We're not getting into that. Well, I do want to start talking about, though. Uh, we didn't really get a chance to dive into this on the show. So I thought it, now here would be a great place to dive into it. Um, the Boston Celtics, unfortunately, they lost, but. It was a special night in Boston. They were celebrating the jersey retirement of the number five iconic jersey of Mr. Kevin Garnett, who, of course, won a championship in Boston in 2008. Special one for me, BJ. Special one for me because I remember when KG first got traded to the Boston Celtics. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my life, you know, a little bit about my life. Here's a little backstory. Okay. KG got traded to the Boston Celtics. It was 2007. Right, Mo was only what 13, 12, turning 13 years old, and I was mm-hmm. on holiday with my family. And you know, when you're on holiday or in Europe, you don't get any English channels when you're on holiday, you get like one English channel, and that's like CNN News or, or whatever the news channel is. And so, I'm like, the news channel is just on in the background. All of a sudden, I see Kevin Garnett on the screen and he's holding a green jersey, and I start losing my mind. I start screaming, like, Yo, yo, what's it? He just got traded into the Boston Celtics. And guess what? Ray Allen got traded there too. And I was obsessed with that team. Like I was a basketball fan before that. But when I say I tried to watch every game, even the preseason games, I read every article about that team that you could possibly find on the internet. Every day when I woke up, that was the first thing I did. I watched every single video I could possibly find about that team. And all of that, you know, absorption of... Uh, knowledge, some would say, has led me to the path where I am here today. And I shared a story with mm-hmm. you earlier on the show about, you know, when I met KG, the advice that he gave me, the motivation and the encouragement. But what was really interesting was what you told me about your interactions with Mr. Big Ticket himself. And I just wanted you to share that with the listeners here in case they missed the show, in case they weren't tuned in last night. I wanted you to share that story because I thought that was a fascinating story because it reminded yeah, you know- me a lot of the I took it personal from Michael Jordan kind of vibe. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, when you get old, Mo, when you get old, when you, you know, I'm in my fifties now and things seem to just run together. Mm-hmm. But I remember when 
I think it was like my last year, right around 94, 95, somewhere around there. That's when I first started hearing, man. It's this kid over at Farragut High School. Yep, Farragut Academy in Chicago. Yeah. And I remember people just telling me, man, you got to see this kid. You got to see this kid. Well, I, I saw that kid and I was like, I was very impressed with him. Because when you're young, you think you're playing hard, but you're not really playing hard. You know, you're playing hard by high school standards. And then you learn and, and when you go to college, you play a little harder. And hopefully when you become a pro, you learn how to, you know, really play hard. Well, he played hard already. Mm. But he went he went hard. You saw the intensity there. So it wasn't, you know, I had only seen a couple of players. You know, one was um, Kobe Bryant. And I saw Kevin Garnett and I was like, wow, I was like this guy, this. And, and what made him unique was he was a big kid. You know, he was like 6'11 at the time. You know, he really was about 7'7'1". Kevin Garnett is a big man. So uh, I, I saw him. So I kind of follow him. I guess I get traded and he goes to the NBA, you know, like in 96, somewhere around there. I don't know when he gets drafted, 96, 97. I'm, I'm assuming somewhere around there. Same time I got traded to uh, when he gets drafted. I got traded. He, he goes drafted in 95. I got 95 somewhere. Around, that's what I'm saying. I remember somewhere around there, somewhere around there. And so I had saw him in high school. I knew a little bit and I just was impressed with him. Then he gets drafted to the NBA and then I get traded. And my first interaction with him as a pro was, you know, I had watched him a little bit scouted and I had some friends up there. And at the time, one of my good friends who I won a championship with Trent Tucker was doing television for the um, Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm -hmm. Sam Mitchell, I believe was up there. Terry yep. Porter, I believe was up there, but I can't, you know, I can't remember, but I remember we played them early in the season, like very early in the season and we beat them. And I remember. This is when you were on the Warriors. Was, I was on the Warriors. Yes. And yeah. I remember when we played and they were like, Hey, you guys beat them. And I was like, and I remember I said something to the effect, to the effect of, yeah, we, we should beat this team. We should expect to beat this team. They're a young team wasn't a disrespect. It was like, you know, it was like no big deal. You know, hey, every win is tough, but hey, we should expect to beat this team. Nothing of it. I go on, whatever. 40 games later, 50 games later, we play them again, but we play them up there. We beat them at home in Golden State, and we play them up there. And Kevin, I mean, he was already an intense player as a young kid, but he was at a whole nother level of intensity. Yeah. And I remember after the game, I find out from players on the other team, I think it was Sam or somebody, said, this kid held on to that quote and put it in the locker room and looked at it every single day since then and said something to the effect that they are going to know my name. And I, I thought... I respect it. I respect that, it, that, it, that what was said meant that much to him. I respected that as a young kid. I respect the fact that he wasn't just playing a game to be playing a game. He played the game because he wanted to win the game. And it, you know, I, and, and it was funny to me, but it meant a lot to me. 
And I always remember that about him because it says something about him as a young kid that he was aware that he was conscious of what was going on around him. But more importantly, that he had some leadership. He took responsibility as a young kid. Yeah. So how his career turned out from that moment on, I haven't been surprised. Mm -hmm. All the success he's had, I wasn't surprised because I remembered that moment. And it just said something about him. It said something about who he was going to be as a young player. And uh, I always remembered that. And um, I just thought, you know, I was going to keep an eye on him. Yeah. And, and he, I mean, I don't know, he played, what, 19, 20 years or something? I'm probably mm -hmm. longer than that, it seemed like. And uh, But what a fabulous career. Congratulations to him and his family. You know, I know he's from South Carolina, but he came up through Chicago. And so Chicago adopted him. And uh, I remember people in the city talking about him as a young kid. And, um, and obviously what he was able to achieve as a pro, Hall of Fame career and world champion and all the things he achieved, defensive player of the year. But when you say a young man plays hard, you know, he, you know, we say, well, what does it look like playing hard? Well, Kevin Garnett's pitcher should be somewhere in there because, <laughs> you know, he may not have been the best offensive player. He may not have been the best rebounder. He may not have been the greatest shot blocker of all time. But when you said he brought intensity to the game and at any given moment, he could be the best shot blocker. He could be the best defensive player. He could have been, you know, low post. His picture should be there. And, and, and I want to say one last thing about him. You know, everyone plays the game and takes stewardship of passing on and respecting those before you and making sure that you take care of the game and pass it on to the next generation. Kevin Garnett did that. He achieved that in his career. And I just want to thank him for all the things he did, for what he brought to the game, because it's respect. You know, everybody likes to talk about old school, new school. Well, Kevin Garnett is the true school. That's it facts. didn't matter what generation he played in. And that's the game. And when people start saying the old school doesn't like the new school and all that, it's not true. What is true is that when you see someone respect the game, because all of us should respect the game. And that's all you can ask. Kevin Garnett did that. I thought he embodied that. But more importantly, you know what, I was appreciative watching him play the way he played because he brought it every single night. He always didn't play well, as every athlete knows, but he brought the intensity and he tried to play well every night. And that means more than anything to any athlete. Matt, I remember I was at the Boston Garden, the TD Garden. I'm not old enough to have been at the original Boston Garden. I was at the TD I was Garden. At the, <laughs> I was at the original. I got some stories at the original garden. Oh, the oh. original, the original. Oh. Well, hey, that's another time. Yeah. So I was at the TD Garden and I was sitting in the nosebleeds, as you do, a young man. Uh, I was a teenager. Anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there and it's like a mid-season game against like the Memphis Grizzlies and the Celtics are up 20, right? And KG's at the line. Uh, plus, it was like, they were supposed to take him out of the game, but he got fouled. So he's got to shoot the free throws for the, the bench guys can come in and play the garbage time. Anyway, he's at the line and he shoots his free throw. He misses the free throw. Bear in mind, he's up 20. He's already got like 23, 24 points, whatever it is. And all the way up, you just hear him scream. 
He gets the ball, smashes it into his own face and just screams because he was so mad that he missed that one free throw. Takes the next one and just carries on playing. Looks at Doc Rivers and says, no, 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 I'm playing. It's like, how crazy you got to be? You're up 20. (laughs) You've won the game. You've got however many, 24, 25 points now. And you're that mad over one free throw miss. I just love the dedication. I just, I just love it. One of my favorite yeah, players you know, of all time. Like, and I think that, you know, that he, mentality and that passion is is unmatched by almost anyone. Yeah, you know, I, I I remember in that era, you know, I was at kind of the end of my career. But I remember that era when he was playing, you know, Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, they were kind of, you know, they weren't at the the peak. But you know, Charles Barkley was still a really good player. Carmelo was still a really, really good player. But I remember all these young guys. It was Chris Webber, the king of the double-double. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was Timmy, the big fundamental. It yep. was KG, the big Sheed. Rasheed Wallace, Dirk Nowinski, and all Stop. of these guys. Mari came in. Yeah. yeah, you know, and all of those guys, okay? And it was an incredible time to be a power forward. Sean Kemp, you know, and all of those guys were there. And I just remember saying, you know what, he, you know, he was right there. You know, he may not have been, you know, there's no particular part of his game that was like, you know, you say, okay, like Rasheed Wallace just had a turnaround. You go, wow. Mm. You know, Chris Webber just had those hands. Tim Duncan was Tim Duncan. He was just the best all around. Yeah, he was just like, so versatile. You seen that? You seen that video of him playing Team USA practice, and he's just one on one, full court, whooping everyone. The best of the best well, yeah, on the Team USA yeah. team with him. He, he, Point guards, centers, powerful, small, whatever. He had. He's quick enough. He had a handle to take over the bigs. Strong enough, tall enough to shoot over the guards. Match up nightmare. A unicorn before unicorns were a thing. Yeah, he, he just played hard. You know, like. He just played hard. You, you, you know, I, these guys now get into nicknames and all that. You know, his name really should just, I play hard. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. like, like KG, like, he go hard. Mm. You know what I'm that's saying? Facts. Like, he go, he just, that's his, that's his, you know, I remember when I first got in the league, Mo, you know, I first got in the league, there was a veteran came up to me. And I, I think I may have told you this story, so I, I apologize if I'm repeating it to you. But I remember he said, hey, there's only one rule in the NBA. You go hard on the court and off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And whichever one, and, and if you can't go hard at one of them, you, you better give up the other. I don't care which one it is. Well. but you get, And Kevin Garnett just went hard. That's all he did. He just went hard. And I respect that. And uh, I respect how he played. I respect everything he did. So, um, but it's great. But that was a great yeah. era. He came through because there was some really great players at the power forward position in his era. And and he stood right there near the top with the greatest. I mean, you're talking about Tim Duncan, who I happen to think may have been the best of the best. KG's right there, that. man. KG's, KG's right, right there. there. But I must say this, though. You know, Boston, look, there's some phenomenal players that have come through there. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking historic. I mean, all time greats. The, the, the old Boston Garden is like, I remember when I first went there, I was like, you know, it was like, wow. It was just like walking into a museum or something. It was like great, right? 
I'm going to tell you something. He might be the best all-around player. He might be the best one in the history of the Boston Celtics. That's a big statement. I, I just wish he got to the Celtics he might be. in his career. Because he well, was 12 years He had to get the there when he was ready to get there. Yeah, See, he, you he know, was very loyal he wasn't to the ready. with all due respect. You know what? This is what made him great. He didn't run away. Mm. He didn't run away. You, you follow what I'm saying? Yep. And now it's when it's, it's, the Timberwolves came now, to him and said, Kevin, we're looking to go in a different direction. These yes, are some options no, where you're trying I to go. See that this is this moving around is a new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Shout out to LeBron. It's a new phenomenon. You know what I'm saying? This is a new thing. And, and, and I don't have a thought one way or, or another about it. I do. But I, I mean, I, I got to respect people's decisions. You know what I mean? Just because they don't match my decisions. I respect it. I, I, I respect it. I just respect the guys that don't do it a little bit more. Well, well, you, you know, but listen, when you're playing in this league, losing Mo is tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It, it, it's tough, Mo. And you know what? And I remember the first time I, I lost a game. Like, you know, you lose in the score, you lose. But you always have a in the back of your mind, oh, man, we just didn't play well that night. Or, oh, man, mm. I didn't shoot well that night. Or, man, we turned the ball over too much. Or, oh, the other team just got hot. You know, it's always something. So when you can come back, you can prove. You always hear, it always makes me laugh. Go, I'm just, every day I got to get better. No, you don't have to get better. You got to find a way. See, that's the difference. When I hear guys say, I got to get better, I always said, oh, okay. That guy doesn't understand what the people who on the winning side understand. You don't get better. You find a way. There's a <laughs> distinction. Don't, don't yeah, get, there's a distinction there's a between distinction the two. Here. Yeah. Mo, I'm not going to play well tomorrow. You're not going to play well. The difference is you got an excuse to lose. I'm going to find a way. Mm-hmm. See, there's, well, a, there's, a, there's a way to think about it. So, you know, Finding a way is just so important, Mo, to just, you know, as you, you know, learning about this business, especially as a young player, every day, Mo, I got to come out there and when I play, I had to find a way. Mm-hmm. Even if you're shutting falling, you got to find a way to do the little things yeah, but, that add up to it. But we, we got to keep it moving because it's been a while, you know, one of my dreams, actually, just before we move on from Kevin Garnett, one of my dreams is to have KG on the show as a guest. That's one of my bucket list. Like I've spoken to KG before, done little interviews with him, but like sit down for an hour or two, chop it up. That's a dream of mine. Um, an hour or two. <laughs> man, I, I'll spend days if I could. Uh, but you know, it was it was a, it was a, it was an honor to have Jamal Crawford come through on Friday and, and chop it up with him. Appreciate all the love you guys have been showing on that. If you haven't heard it, I strongly advise going and listen to that. But then on Thursday we had Chris Haynes come in. Talk about the Lakers, which means we haven't yet had a chance to discuss one of the biggest games of the season so far. The Brooklyn Nets were going over to the Philadelphia 76ers arena and absolutely destroying a red-hot James Harden and Joel Embiid. It was their first kind of real test, and James Harden in particular wasn't up to the challenge. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant played a fantastic game. So did Seth Curry. BJ, you were very hot on the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes. Has that f- first wake-up call changed your opinion about anything 
especially with in looking at the playoffs, because James Harden has this reputation and is a proven track record of shrinking when the limelight is on full. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. No, the short answer is no. And as you know, Mo, I like to see a team play for a minimum of 20 to 25 games before you can make a true assessment of who that team is going to be. However, in this unique circumstances that has occurred here, a midseason trade, some guys are playing, some guys are not. James Harden, we know this isn't the best version of James Harden, you know, physical, you know, physically, you know, I think he would say he needs to be in better shape. However, all of those things don't excuse how he performed. You know, and I give him credit for going out there and playing and listen, he didn't play well. And Kyrie and KD in particular, they were exceptional. The team, the Brooklyn Nets played well. So I'm not, I'm not discouraged. It reminds me of, you know, I remember as a kid, I was a Laker fan, Mo, believe it or not. Wow. Growing up. And um, I was a Laker fan because my grandfather was a Laker. He lived in Los Angeles. Okay. And I remember, I remember watching the game. I, they, they were in town during the springtime. And you remember the Boston, the Boston massacre, the first yep. game of the playoffs, the Lakers. Yep. The, the, the Celtics destroyed the Lakers. Yep. And I remember Kareem is done. And da 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 da. Oh, the okay. hot takes must have been flying, and that's before first take was even a thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but 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 I but what I remember is you don't get too high and you don't get too low. Now Brooklyn won they they hey, they they crushed them. No, no, there's no way to you Brooklyn was so good. Doc Rivers didn't even get a chance to coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brooklyn, that's how good they were. Mm-hmm. Doc didn't even get a chance to make an adjustment on a screen roll or how we're going to attack this team because Brooklyn run every phase of the game. They run the transition game. They won the toughness game. They won the second effort game. <laughs> they, they, they did everything. They just, Doc Rivers didn't even get a chance. His team didn't even give him a chance to coach. Now, what I would be interested in seeing is game two. Yeah. That's what I want to see. You follow what I'm saying, Mo? Yeah. How they respond to it, how they react to it, how they respond to it. That's to me is always the indication of really what's going on during a game or in particular a series. So I would love to, I would love to see that. And so I'm going to wait to the next round before I truly make an assessment and say, this is really what's going on. But I do like how Brooklyn came out. I want to give Brooklyn credit. I thought they were ready. I thought they brought the smoke. I thought they brought the heat, the intensity, and they came there to win. So I want to give them respect for that, for that one game. I feel like it was a warning shot to the Eastern conference saying it doesn't matter if we're seventh or eighth, we can hang with the best of the best when we're locked in. When Kyrie Irving's locked in, especially defensively, he was causing some real problems for the Philadelphia 76ers. So listen, we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. I personally cannot wait because I think this is going to be the most unpredictable playoff series 
in every matchup, especially in the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference first round, anyone can beat anyone. Because Toronto, yeah. even without Fred Van Fleet recently, they've been playing because Nick Nurse is just throwing a bunch of six foot nine guys out there with crazy wingspans and just saying, make it happen. And they have been. So all eight, I think there's like nine teams in the East, if we include Atlanta as well, that are capable of winning a first round series. I feel really bad for Cleveland. Jarrett Allen is out with an injury that I think will have him done for the rest of the season. So they're sliding down the standings now. And it's such a shame because they really had it all together throughout the year. But we've got another week ahead of us, BJ. We've got a lot of basketball to discuss. We're going to be here every morning for the fans. What are you looking forward to? We're going to be week? here, Mo. What, what, are you, what are you keeping well, your eye on this week? Because we're getting closer I'm and closer keeping to my, playoffs. I'm keeping my eye on the following. You know, as much as it's going to be unpredictable, and my eyes are telling me the same thing you just said here. But one thing, Mo, history has taught me watching this league. It always comes back to the essence of the game. It always comes back to the team that's going to defend, the team that's going to rebound, and the team that's going to share the ball. It always comes back to the fundamentals. So right now, we're seeing regular season basketball. Right now, we're seeing three-point shooting. Right now, we're seeing all of those things. Trust me when I say this, Mo. How Brooklyn won that game and way, the way they shot and the, what they did, that was great for the regular season. But I'm going to tell you this. The game is going to come back to the essence of it. And that game is going to slow down. And everyone's going to be playing every possession. See, that's the one thing, Mo, that I know. Some guys can shoot in the regular season. Some guys can mm-hmm. shoot in the playoffs. And some guys can shoot in a championship caliber game. So all of these guys now that are just running around shooting now, that's a little different, Mo, when you down 0-2 in a series or the series is 1-1. Yep. And you're open for a reason. See, Mo, when you're open and you know why you're open, (laughs) as the song says, your mind can play tricks on you. Right now, Mo, right now, Mo, when these guys make some of these guys, they make shots now, they may make two shots in a row and they and they think they got it going. But then, Mo, when you're open because we're leaving you open, it takes a little difference. The mental chess match. Now, so I'm like, again, I I get it. I understand it. I hope, you know, we're going to keep watching and we're, you know, Mo, you're right. Well, give these guys credit. But. The playoffs are a little different, Mo. Yes, sir. Just well, a little different. There's two matchups tonight that I've got my eye on and I want your predictions for. First of all, the Denver Nuggets and the Philadelphia 76ers. This game pits to two leading MVP candidates against each other. Yeah, Joel yeah, and yeah. I watched Jokic. Philly. I watched Battle Philly. I watched Philly tonight. Okay, I watched Philly tonight versus the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think they play in, do they play, where do they in play? In Philly. In, they play in Philly. Oh, they play that game in Philly. They went to overtime here. And, and I thought this was back. a trap game. I thought this was a trap game. And I actually, I was just watching Joel Embiid. Okay. I'm just going to just call it like this. <laughs> Joel, I was watching JoJo because I know JoJo wants to be ready for tomorrow night. Yeah. And the game went to overtime. So clearly minutes. in 41 minutes. So clearly 
he had his eye on something else. Okay, there's no way that they should have gone overtime with the Magic, but it happened. They won the game. Tomorrow will be fascinating. Tonight. Because we, uh, yeah, well, tonight for you. Yeah. <laughs> will be fascinating because you know you're going to see the best bigs. When I say bigs, back to the basket bigs in the, in, the, in the entire association. And who do you have taking a win? And who do you have scoring the most points? I, I, got, I got Philly. I got Philly. Philly taking a win? Yeah, I, I think JoJo has so much pride. I think JoJo is probably going to make sure. I think, know, he, I think it'll be one of those games. It'll be 30-30. But I know JoJo will be ready for this. I think he, he cares will be a ready. little bit more than Jokic. Did you see the, the interview he's, where he, he said that he's not he doesn't really care about the MVP and all of these this? other actors? Jokic. Jokic. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, translation, he cares. <laughs> well, the other game, yeah. the other game that I got my eye on is between two players that can win the defense player of the year award. Giannis and the Bucks head over to Utah to face Rudy Gobert, who should be back in the lineup. He missed the last night's game. And the Utah Jazz. I think that's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a good test for both teams. I think it will be a good test. I'm concerned just a little, just a little bit, Mo, because you know I, I'm still going to stick with the Bucks. Okay, but they're losing games, Mo. That want, I think they should win. Do you want the good news? Yeah, give me the good news. Brook Lopez returns to the lineup. Okay, there you go. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm a little concerned because I I really love the Serge Ibaka trade. Mm-hmm. But Serge Ibaka is a, a bench like, guy. He, at this point, yeah, okay, that's, I agree, but he should still be able to play in stretches as a starter, or at least I, I think he should be able to, but maybe he, you know, he's been around for well, a little bit, but Brooke is coming back. This is great, but I'm a little concerned because they've lost a few games this year that I thought they should have won. In particular, I thought they would have a better showing versus the Golden State Warriors because those are games where, you know, the coach shouldn't have to get you fired up mm-hmm. to play. You know, coach should never have to get you fired up to play, but in particular when you play in those games, and then they're losing those games. Yep. So you know, so um, but it's that's the good. First I, well, I'm gonna wait to see Brooke comes back. It's the first time since Budenholzer's coached this Bucks team that they've had a defense outside of the top ten. So we're gonna see the impact that Brooke Lopez makes. We're gonna be right. back rocking with you bright and early tomorrow morning. You know the vibes. You gotta stay locked in. You gotta subscribe. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. You're rocking with the best. Never know which other special guest might start popping up on the show too. Yes, Gave you yes, a little preview with yes. Jamal. Got to stay ready to see who comes up next because we've got a few things in the pipeline. That's all I'm going to say to you guys. <laughs> I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. I hope you guys have a great Monday and a productive start to the week. I'm going to be heading into the gym to work on these knees and ankles, strengthen them up because 2024 I'm coming yeah. with my new coach <laughs> Jamal Crawford teaching me a thing or two. So until next time, Stay locked in (laughs) and get buckets.